the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel, Defender of Zion. Shalom. Last week we spoke about our authority under Yeshua and knowing that we have authority from him to pray and see miracles is the foundation of having a meaningful time of praying and fasting. So if you've decided to fast during this month of Elul, the fast ends on the evening of Rosh Hashanah, September 15th. But today we have a different topic and let's pray first, and then we'll get right into it. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King, we love you and praise you and honor you. And thank you for all that you do. We thank you for this season. We just pray this would be a season not only of great health um, physically, but emotionally and spiritually, and that we would see many salvations. So, Father... Help us to uh, speak to people about you. Help us to have divine appointments. Help us, O Lord, in the name of Yeshua, that this would be a a wonderful, wonderful uh, time um, of these high holy days. And we also thank you, Lord, for sparing us in this hurricane season. So, Lord, we give you all the praise and honor in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Okay. So if you're going to invite somebody to our Holy Day services, we made it a little easier. We have tickets you can give them. Of course, there's no cost to these tickets. But we also have uh, calendars for the fall feasts. And so we'd send that out to you if you just let us know you'd like it. Or you can see the calendar online at our website, shereshtavid.org. And we love visitors, don't forget. And we'd love for you to bring people who don't know the Lord, especially during these holy days. So uh, please check out our four locations and call our office. If you have any questions, 813-831-5673. And we'd love for you to consider giving us a gift at this time. Help us pay for the radio costs. That would be a tremendous blessing. So, you ready? We're looking today at talking about forgiveness because uh, it's right before the Holy Days, right before actually we have a congregational mikvah, which you might know as a baptism, um, because forgiveness is a key to coming before the Lord and receiving his anointing and the power of his spirit. And it's all also critical as we earnestly seek God during these fall holy days. 
Look, no one finds forgiveness easy. Yet, it's probably the most important or one of the most important behaviors that we need in order to live successfully for the Lord. It also gives us tremendous joy in our lives. In Genesis 3, 3, the, uh, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God said, you must not eat of it and you must not touch it or you'll die. Though Adam and Eve were punished, they did not die when they disobeyed God. God's heart was to forgive and draw them closer to him after they separated themselves from God by sinning. Each of the biblical characters we see in Scripture, uh, God forgave them. God takes initiative in trying to make provisions for the healing of humanity's broken relationships, and we do a good job in that, don't we? Yeah, unfortunately. We have a God who's not distant, but he chooses to reveal himself to us so that we are in relation with him. We have a God whose people know and understand that God will show anger when we sin and show mercy when we come to him. God presents himself as a God of promise who will always keep the door open to relationship with man, even after man disobeys. So God is intricate. Uh, he's involved in, in, in the lives of humanity he's, uh, that he's created, and, and God loves and cares for us, and he cares about his relationship with us. So in order that this relationship continue, there's a need to ask for forgiveness from sin, which is all about repentance, and be forgiven by God. God doesn't just show mercy or overlook wrongdoing at certain times, but actually initiates a plan of forgiveness and salvation. Forgiveness is the foundation of God's plan of salvation. So as you consider modeling your behavior after God, consider what I just said. God initiates a plan of forgiveness. He doesn't wait till everybody is right. He initiates. Let's look at the words for forgiveness in the Hebrew and see if we can receive a greater understanding. Salach is the root word in Hebrew, often translated as to forgive or pardon. And when used, God is the subject. When this word is used, guilt is removed. People are released from the power of that guilt, and they're restored to a state of reconciliation. Salach does not only lead to spiritual blessings, but may also have a physical or material benefit, such as health, security, honor, or children. So an example would be Psalm 103. In Psalm 103.3, forgiveness is the first of many benefits. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless Adonai, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He forgives all your iniquity. He heals all your diseases. So you see that the first thing that is mentioned is that he forgives. This psalm shows forgiveness to be an integral part of redemption 
and reconciliation and healing. So this word referring to forgive is used often in the book of Numbers and Leviticus and shows the importance of forgiveness in worship as it is a strong component of the sacrificial system. It is clear that no one but God can forgive. Yet the various sacrifices were our way of asking God to pour out his grace upon us, his people. So another example in 1 Kings 8.30 and 34 and 36, 39 and 50, King Solomon prays and he says, hear from heaven and forgive. Solomon was a big believer that he had to intercede for Israel, especially because they wandered away from God. And Solomon is asking God to forgive them. He's interceding for them. In Psalm 130, verse 4 and 5, it says, If you, Adonai, kept a record of iniquities, my Lord, who could stand? For with you there is forgiveness, so you may be revered. I'd like you to meditate on this for a second. God is going to be revered because he forgives? So maybe it would be when we forgive, we're respected or revered as well? Think about that one for a second, would you? It is God's attribute of forgiving that displays his uniqueness and how different he is from humans or from false gods. It's this understanding of forgiveness as being integral to all that God is, which leads the psalmist to cry out for forgiveness of his great iniquities in Psalm 2511. And he says then, for the sake of your name, for the sake of God's name, he's crying out for forgiveness. If God did not forgive one who repents, it would mean that he would be unfaithful to him, his very self, right? So notice that you might think of forgiveness as a new covenant concept, but, you know, I haven't even gotten there yet. <laughs> right now we're in the Hebrew Scriptures, and we're probably all of this teaching, we're going to be it through the Hebrew Scriptures, and we'll do the new covenant next week. But God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So another word that's used uh, in in this discussion is cup. Cup four, which means in Hebrew, uh, the root word for atonement. This is where we get the word Kippur, referencing Yom Kippur, which is the day of atonement. And here we see the idea of paying a ransom price in order to be forgiven. So when we read Leviticus 16.21, where Aaron, it says, Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat and confesses over it all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions and all their sins. He should place them on the head of the goat and send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a man who is in readiness. The goat will carry all their iniquities by itself into a solitude land, and it he is to leave the goat in the wilderness. So the goat acted as a powerful visual aid, wouldn't you say, to the people of, uh, of how their sin needs to be removed. Now, this incorporates more than forgiveness. 
referring instead to a complete reconciliation between two parties, in this case, the human and God, the divine. Often Kippur will be used along with Salah, showing uh, that the close bond between atonement and forgiveness. And in the divine-human relationship, atonement must come before forgiveness. So this sets the stage for the work of Yeshua, who made atonement so that we could be forgiven, right? Okay. When God calls us to forgive others, he wants us to be the initiator and provide an opportunity for reconciliation to take place. In other words, used in several key key forgiveness passages is nasa, a word with a wide range of meanings and nuances. In forgiveness context, it seems to refer to taking away of an offense. In many cases, it simply means to lift up, and when the object is sin, the context determines whether it is speaking about lifting up or bearing sin. But we see, for instance, in Exodus 34, 7, showing mercy to a thousand generations, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, yet by no means leaving the guilty unpunished. And then we see in Psalm 32, 5, Then I acknowledge my sin to you, and did not hide my iniquity. I said, I confess my transgressions to Adonai, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. In the Hebrew scriptures, the verbiage used for forgiveness almost always refers to what God does for us. There were many people who showed mercy, but forgiveness in the true sense of the word, that comes from God. Now, there are some instances where forgiveness vocabulary is used by people, but in Genesis 50, as an example, after Jacob died and Joseph's brothers, they were scared, right, that Joseph would never now get revenge for what they had done to him? This is using the word nasah for forgive. It's interesting in Joseph's reply that he didn't say to his brothers that he forgave them, but he rather acted kindly to them and said that this is the will of God. So in verse 19, Joseph says, Don't be afraid, for I am for am I in the place of God? The implication seems that Joseph forgives because God is the judge, but, you know, it could mean that since he's not God, he cannot forgive the way God forgives. So some scriptural revelation is progressive. Uh, The Hebrew scripture teaching on forgiveness gives us a foundation, and it too is progressive. And forgiveness is God's area, and it is only because God is God who is willing to forgive that forgiveness between people is both possible and desirable. So, though the understanding of forgiveness is fully developed in the New Covenant, its foundation is in the Hebrew Scriptures. This is most obvious in the sacrificial regulations and then fulfillment of them by God in Yeshua. This opened up a whole new relationship with God and with one another. 
this fulfillment of the sacrificial system without which there would be no forgiveness in the death of Messiah reminds us above all that forgiveness is costly for the forgiver. The concept of sacrifice implies a cost. The cost was great, and it was greatly increased when Yeshua was sacrificed rather than a perfect lamb. So let's look at two scriptures in Proverbs that sets the stage for Yeshua. It says in Proverbs 19.11, I love this one, Prudence makes one slow to anger, and his glory is to overlook an offense. So when you overlook an offense, you have, in, in a sense, forgiven, right? And in fact, that's proof that you've forgiven, that you can overlook an offense. In Proverbs 10.12, it says, Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers up all transgressions. So here again, we see that unforgiveness is something that comes about when we, uh, when we stir up strife. But love, which is, and we see an example of it through forgiveness, it covers up all the sins. So, as we transition from the new covenant uh, to the new covenant, let's summar- summarize what are the foundations of forgiveness from the Hebrew Scriptures. Number one, sin against God, only God can forgive. Two, sins against man, if possible, we are called to overlook. Three, God is a God who forgives in order that we can come closer to him. Four, God's desire is for us to be holy as he's holy. Part of that is to forgive. And five, the Hebrew Scriptures presents to us the amazing understanding of a God who is filled with love and mercy and grace, a God who will even forgive our great sins and our wickedness. So, forgiveness is extremely important in the Bible, yet many believers that you and I know wrestle with unforgiveness, which hampers their entire relationship with the Lord not to mention with the people. But the, the act of forgiving does not come easy for most of us. Our natural instinct is to recoil in self-protection when we're injured. We don't naturally overflow with mercy and grace and understanding when we've been wronged. However, it is evident how serious this is as we look at the new covenant and we start In Matthew 5, verse 7, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely and account of, on account of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets 
who were before you. Now, honestly, you're not going to be able to do this unless you have forgiven, right? Makes sense? And then to make matters worse, in verse 44, it says, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. This is the spirit of forgiveness. But God is even more direct. In Matthew 6, verse 12, he says, And forgive us our debts as we forgive all. as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive others, their transgressions, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your father forgive your transgressions. It is hard to be more direct than that. However, we still see believers rationalizing their unforgiveness. They have reason for it, and the reason always seems more important than what Scripture says. But forgiveness is a choice, and it is one of the laws that reflect our love. How can we say we love if we don't forgive? Think about it. Who haven't you forgiven? You can blame them, But forgiveness is a choice by you that requires them to do nothing. Boy, isn't that an awful thing? You want to get justice, right? Uh, Well, in God's economy, forgiveness is something we freely give. Colossians 3.12, Therefore, as God's chosen people... Holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves in tender compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other if anyone has a grievance against another. Just as the Lord pardoned you, so also you must pardon others. So we know how God pardoned us, right? So we have to do the same thing. Above all these things put on love, which is the bond of perfect harmony. Is there a way you can rationalize these verses or to not forgive someone is to not obey God? Is that clear? How do we forgive if we feel uncomfortable about it and know the person doesn't deserve our forgiveness? Well, I guess we'll leave that for next week. And so much more. In fact, I will even give you seven things from a book by R.T. Kendall, a pastor in South Florida, who wrote a book called Total Forgiveness, which I recommend. And it will tell you how to recognize if you have actually forgiven. Ooh, right? (laughs) Okay. So let me just mention once again, if you are going to invite somebody to our Holy Day services, we want you to get some tickets from us to give to them. That'll make it more important to them. There's no cost for these tickets, but it just, I think, makes it easier to invite. And we also have calendars for the fall feast. We have a lot going on in the fall, and we can send you the calendar and the tickets or you can let us 
uh, or you can go to our website and at least get the calendar. Now, you can let us know how many tickets you want. We'll send them out to you. No problem. Um, Again, visit our website. It's Shoresh, S-H-O-R-E-S-H, david.org. And then come and visit us. Bring uh, others with you, especially those who don't know you, uh, don't know the Lord, excuse me. Um, And uh, we can come Friday night, Saturday morning. We have four locations. Check our website or call our office, 813-831-5673. Well, I pray that the power of God's Word and His Spirit saturate you this day as you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. I pray all of this for you in the name of Yeshua. Amen and amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.